Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with tips, tools, and perspectives that you need to turn your wildest dreams into reality. We believe that the key to your dreams lies in your subconscious, but we also know that not everything works for everyone. That is why we provide you with a variety of modalities you can use to get rid of your subconscious limiting beliefs so you can make your dreams come true. Your host is hypnotherapist Jennifer Schluter, who quit her job to travel the world while working online in 2016 after her first hypnosis session. Now she helps people to get rid of whatever is holding them back from standing in their true purpose and speaking their truth so that they can live up to their fullest potential while getting paid for it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mind Your Subconscious. Today I'm speaking to Sloan Tate, who is a medium from Miami and who's speaking to not only deceased loved ones in heaven, so to say, but also to every other soul or spirit that wants to come through and that she can channel and that has a message for the person she's reading for. What we did before our interview is we had a skeptic and a believer speak to Sloan and get a reading from her and they allowed us to record these interviews for you so you can listen along of what it is like to actually get a reading from a medium. You can listen to these interviews at the end of this podcast episode so you can really know what it's like to actually get a reading from a medium if you've never gotten one before. Sloan and I also talked about how you can channel these souls, how you can open up yourself to do that. And we also talked about her own journey of channeling, how she got to it, the difficulties that she had when it first started and everything else. So really enjoy this episode. It's an absolutely amazing one as usual, if I may say so. <laughs> and have a great rest of your week. Hello, everybody. I am here with Sloan Tay today. And Sloan, please introduce yourself and let us know what it is that you do. Hi, guys. I'm Sloan Tate, and I am a spiritual medium. And I also have a platform where I help others open their own spiritual abilities. Okay, thank you for that. And how does that have to do with the subconscious? What does that have to do with the subconscious mind? Well, the subconscious mind has pretty much everything to do with it because it's the gateway into the spirit world and connecting and recognizing that we are living in one world. Um, so I think that the subconscious mind has a lot of, of I'm using the word special, but I'm feeling that the real world where real word is recognition and and what um, being a medium and, and being able to balance both claims here on earth, the spiritual and the, the physical world. Okay. And can you tell us what it is that exactly that you do as a medium and how you help people as a medium? So the ways that I help people is really zero because it's not really me doing it. Um, you know, I'm just the things as everyone else is. <laughs> and I think that for me, it's, it's really interesting because I don't do this work because I want to help people. I do it because I love it. It's a part of who I am. And, 
it's an expression of my being that wants to come out and it feels so fulfilled and energized when I show up in this way. So, however, I do have, uh, you know, I host one-on-ones and so you can sit with a medium session with me and then, and in those, they're so healing because when we sit down in a session or you, you're really sitting down with yourself and your highest self and there's no hiding there. When I open up for spirit and I use my body as a vessel, like you're seeing me as well. And we're just two people, human bodies interacting on a high plane and sitting in our highest selves and allowing each other to really be seen, to see the heartache, the pain, and to be comforted in the wholeness of the experience. So we're really seeing our whole selves. And then the other work that I've been called to practice is, is working with other people to open their own gifts. And I'm not the kind of medium that people come to when they're grieving and they want to hear from a past loved one. I so occasionally get those. However, most of clients that are seeking me are seeking growth. I'm a growth person. I love growth and I attract people that love growth. And there's so much growth going into the spirit realm, the spirit world. It's, it's growing towards the light. And so when we sit down in session, we're revealing things in our truth, in our light, the light reveals. And like the famous Jay-Z says, you can only heal what you reveal. So that's when the healing process takes place. And, and of course, like so many of us, someone is our subconscious mind just wants to be seen and heard. Absolutely. And so I really want to quickly tell the listeners what we did, um, the little experiment, because I know that there's a lot of skeptics out there. Um, and we both know that, right? So we took um, one person, her name is... Cassie, who volunteered for us to have a session with her, and she's Cassie's a believer. She believes in mediums, she believes in spirit, she believes in, you know, um, getting messages from spirit. And then we had Anna. Anna was a skeptic. She did not believe that somebody could connect to spirit or to deceased loved ones or to deceased people at all. And um, that session, how did that one go, Sloan? Tell us about it. How was the skeptic session? <laughs> I love this. First off, thank you for letting me be here. And like, just the whole ex experiment. It's so fun, you know? And I think like, it's our ego that wants to take things seriously. And like, this work is so fun. It's so light. And um, I love challenging and, and putting myself in different positions. And this was really fun. Um, I felt that they were both, you know, It's interesting to see, because I know you've watched them both, and the the skeptic is like, bing, 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 and you can feel spirit really strong in it. And then um, I felt that the other session was a little bit more subdued. And you could see how the difference from someone that does work on themselves and already has a really strong connection with spirit what the difference is because the biggest point is for us to listen. So when someone needs that belief and showing up, I need evidence to believe in this, like they'll get that. Right. So, um, 
And that's exactly what happened with the skeptic. And it was so, it was so beautiful. And I was so honored to be there. And a lot of people have fear around skeptics as well. Like, and I don't feel that way. I just show up regardless. There's no difference for me because I'm literally just saying what's showing up for me, right? Like I'm just, I'm doing the same. Like whatever's showing up in that space and I can feel spirit flowing through me, I'm doing the same as both sessions. However, um, that belief is really strong as long as the respect is there. I think that's a really important thing that they're respecting me, they're respecting our time, our, our, the energy, right? And that's exactly what happened for the septic appointment that we made. It was that she was there. She wanted to believe in it. However, she's never had something concrete, evidence that she could actually cling on to and believe in life after death. Absolutely. I felt that. Like, that was incredible. And we're also going to um, give you guys some snippets after this podcast where you can also listen to and, and really be there for a session with a medium and, and know um, what happens in there. We're going to give you both sessions. We're going to give you um, um, excerpts of both sessions. And also, Sloan, what is your process? How do you connect? How do you get those information or this information that is important to people? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, you know, when I connect, I just ask. <laughs> it's all about the intention. However, I mean, I do have, I, I open up my aura, right? Like I open up my energy and, you know, most people are actually walking around open <laughs> and that's why they can't hear anything because they're just open all the time. They're letting all these energies come in their bodies. So what I've learned to do is to shut down, to not allow other energies, emotions to flood my body as I did before I really recognized what was happening. Um, and so when I do that, it's now the intention is so strong. So when I sit in session, I know I have no doubt that whatever's coming is for this person and I am going to give it. So, and spirit shows up. It may be a, a, a tap on the shoulder it may be a message, an image, something to come through. It depends where I'm going with it. And for this, these sessions, we were definitely focused on mediumship. I have a lot of background studying different lineages, and there's a hundred and billion different flavors of spiritualism and the way that people connect with spirit. And they are all very right about the way that they process it, the way they, they connect to spirit. So I think the for anyone listening, I think the most important thing is to connect in a way that is efficient for you and is it's practical for you. And, and when you're doing God's work, when you're doing less light work, you're energized. And so that can be a really great pointer along with your desires of the way that we can open is knowing this is working for me because I feel good. If I'm tired after a session, I know something happened where I took on the energy of the person. So the best answer I can give you about my process with connecting to spirit is what I do outside of sessions. And how did, yeah, go ahead. I was just say I close myself down. Okay. And how did you get into this? How did it start and what is your journey? 
Oh my gosh. So the, the short story is that I was born this way. <laughs> like Lady Gaga, born this way, just like that. <laughs> um, but really, I was born on a horse farm in Tennessee. I was raised with horse trainers and that was my first recognition, recognition, that's a new word, recognition of, of the super abilities that I had because when you're around horse trainers, I was raised about intuition from the very start. I mean, to get on a thousand pound animal, you're already in sync. You learn about harmony and, and synchronicity and the importance of being tapped into something higher than yourself. Although they don't, I mean, no one I grew up with was like, I'm tapped in and I'm talking to spirit. <laughs> I was just going to ask, uh, how did they teach you that? Because I also know, you know, I also grew up around that a little bit at least. And I know that nobody's talking about that either. So how would you say was that taught to you? Well, what's happening there is that's called animal communication. <laughs> so that is a form of intuition. And we all, I mean, People have spiritual abilities. We're spiritual beings. We're spiritual beings first before we are our human bodies. So we all have spiritual gifts. Um, and like there's the Claire, the Claire's. And then there's also um, in the Bible, there's the seven gifts of spirit. I mean, they're all over the place. So we all have spiritual abilities and we have purpose here on earth. And when we get closer to that purpose, it feels good. So, but for me, I was born and that was my first upbringing. So I always thought like that from a very young age. I thought about communicating with things that weren't human. <laughs> and then I also was born with recognition of past lives that just things I knew as a child, the way I played, I can think back and know that that was really unique. And then I talked to myself. I had a lot of imaginary friends. And being on the horse farm, it was great. But when I started going to school, I struggled to stay present. And my mom did such a great job with supporting me with school and helping me. And I was raised in the conservative South. So I knew about the connection of God. I talked to God and I could feel a connection there as a young kid. But when I started entering school, Right around 11th grade, I went to a doctor and I told, and he asked me, do you hear voices? And I said, yeah, I do. I hear voices. And I remember that bone chilling experience of the scribble on the notepad and silence. And then my mom taking me to get them prescribed and then feeling like a total zombie. And something within that session just gave me a story to repeat in my head that this was, I always felt like I was different ever since I was really young. I mean, I was in conservative South and I'm not a bone in my bone, not a bone in my body is like that, you know, <laughs> I'm so open and, and wild. It's what beautiful, wild, primal being <laughs> it's my soul. Um, and so I'm in this conservative South and I always felt so different from everyone. And then, but in that moment, I felt, okay, you're different and it's not okay. It's wrong and you need to shove it down. So then I shoved my gifts down from about 11 to 25 years old. And when I went to around, right around 14, I was, became 
I shoved it down by like bulimia, um, eating, and I started drinking at a really young age. I was a party girl. And so I was really great at shoving it down college. I would definitely have out of body experiences, but I was drinking, you know, I was hungover and, um, I would see people and have these weird experiences, but I just always shoved it down. And then, and then when I was in high school, also, I would talk to people, I would talk to spirits and people would make fun of me for it. And I just hated it. So, uh, fast forward 25 had two back-to-back deaths that were just tragic. And I was getting to a point before the deaths where I started to have big questions. I moved from Manhattan, no, from Mississippi to Manhattan and just on a whim. And I'm sitting there in the city, totally guided. Like it was just like smacking me in the face, even though it was the craziest idea. And got there and then I landed my dream job and I'm working at, I'm at the height in Manhattan. And then all of a sudden I'm like, if this is as good as it gets, questions started coming. And I knew that I had a higher purpose that I didn't understand at that time. So I ended up getting off the prescription medication that I was on for Western medicine. I was on and off of it for most of my childhood and then into 25. And I knew that was a big thing because the anxiety was crunching. And I did a cold turkey, wouldn't suggest it to anyone, but I had a therapist and a therapy dog and Manhattan. And I just watched the sunrise and sunset for that whole year. I was super depressed, um, super open, not knowing what was happening, that there was these, I was seeing my grandmother in the doorway. I was really having struggling with bulimia then. And it was just the pits. I mean, it was really dark. It was the darkest year of my life. And, and then it, there's this moment where it's like, okay, if I can't like kill myself off, like I've got to live and I can't just live suffering through this experience. I've got to get myself out of this. So that became the long journey of turning to holistic practices, which I thought was total BS when I first started. And, you know, just learning about alternatives. I'm still not some holy, magical fairy that drinks pixie dust to cure things. I am practical and I get results and and do research. And I'm a balance of Western medicine and um, whatever. Whatever works. Yeah. Um, but then, um, some magical, I moved to Miami and then I landed in a yoga teacher training and wow, it was like the voices in my head, everything just like <sighs> meditation came to me and it was like the most vibrant, amazing experience I'd ever had. And it was really accessing the subconscious and, and breaking into all the traumas that I had been holding on to and shoving down within my body. And then, and then also knowing and receiving evidence. That was the first time I actually received clear evidence that, okay, there is this spiritual gift and I don't, like these things are happening and I'm not drunk on alcohol. Like 
I'm not, they're still occurring. And when I close my eyes to meditate, I'm seeing colors and numbers and voices and people. And this whole world happens when I close my eyes. And in that space, I started to learn. I met my first mentors and, and then started to develop it for, I think that's been about like seven years since that happened. And so yoga has been a big vehicle for me. Meditation has been a big vehicle for me and learning and, and learning and breaking the mold and all the fears that are wrapped around these spiritual powers that society told me, you know, don't open that door. Once you open that door, you know, um, letting go of all of those fear-based beliefs that held me back from who I was. So that is my journey. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so now I want to know if people think, you know, or let's say their kids are hearing voices or if people think they're hearing voices or whatever, what is that and what can help them? What would you suggest they can do um, first to be okay with that and to really um, learn what that means even. Mm. Yes. The first thing that's coming up to me is ask. So when we leave our body and we focus on the external, it can feel really like fear. You feel that the energy is outside of you, but to realize that you are in control and it's not external, it's really in. So if we come, and I'm sure your listeners are very knowledgeable in the subconscious. So that's the way you want to communicate with spirit. It's not external, it's in and then out, right? So um, knowing that you are in control and that your words are powerful, that's your seed, that's your, that's your prayer. So be conscious of that and, and do the work because when you're coming from a fear-based, you're going to receive, you're going to be in a really fearful world. Um, especially in the spiritual realm. So I think that's important. I think the other thing that's coming up is that there's three things. It's, that was the first. The second is that you can close your chakras. You can close the chakras of a child. And for some reason, that's coming through really strong. So if anyone's listening to this and this feels lands for you, this is definitely for you. Um, you can close them down. So they're not having really heightened experiences, which is supportive in a lot of ways. And I've done that with some clients that are just not able to bear what's coming from them. This is definitely a choice. God will never take away your will. And the other thing is, is that it's important to know who you're talking to. Like I said, your words are powerful. And this is especially around children creating habits and rituals within their nightly routine, whatever they're feeling spirit to communicate with them and to understand and get curious, like who are they speaking with? If it's a lower, dark energy, you don't want to entertain it. You want to cast it out immediately. Um, and I think our society doesn't do enough of that. 
one second yeah i really want to hone into that like that part because so many people are scared they're like what if anything scary happens what if anything negative happens what if i attract something negative and a negative entity and blah 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 blah. what if they take over my body so i really want to talk about that what people can do so that this doesn't happen yeah so there's different beliefs and there is I did another podcast and I've just come back from a spiritualist experience and, and studying at Arthur Finley and, and spiritualists don't believe in low energy. They don't believe in dark energy, right? So they, they don't believe it even exists. And so, and so in this podcast, I talked about like how it really is just in our minds and it is because when low energy shows up, it's in our minds. It feels like that thought you can't let go of. Um, and I want to also like uh, say that it's it's like a human connotation. We humans give something uh, a negative connotation or a positive connotation, and it is different for everybody. Somebody can like turtles, and other somebody else can hate turtles or a, a certain person. So it's really our own subjective perspective. Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, when I work with my client, when I have this amazing circles and. And the, the one-on-one clients I have, I just want to hold space for them. I, I'm not here to direct because that's so, my experience with my training. I was a natural medium, but I came into this and people had such put their beliefs on what is so important and fear-based. Like you have to do this or dark spirits will come in. And it's not like that. It's really you listening to your guidance and what it's called, you being called. So the, the things that I can say about this because it is in your mind, it is leaving your body. Um, and the, the real idea here is to know who you are and to know what you are. So when you, I think meditation is the most important practice for any spiritual teacher. I won't, I mean, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, like meditate um, if you're being a spiritual teacher and, and, and it's so important, even if you're just doing it 10 minutes a day, like you're just tapping into who you are so you can see what you're not, right? And so lower energy is anything that is not yours. So that can be, for example, your mother's energy. Like being concerned about what your mother thinks, that's literally taking on dark energy. That's low energy. It's not yours. It's not on your path. So that can pull you down. You know when you're taking on low energy because you're tired, right? So we want to be a channel, a vessel of light. So we're actually pushing out and radiating that light instead of taking things in. And when we do that, that's also when we're trying to play God and save people. And which is so common, right? When we first like our aha moment, we're like, everyone needs to hear this, right? Like, and you're like, oh, I know my boyfriend needs to hear this, my dad, I'm going to share this with this. And that's all really low toxic energy because you're saving them and we're not the ones doing it. It's God moving through you. And that's calling on God. So it's being sure that you have the intention before you open up, that you have a prayer that you're saying that I have a prayer. And I always say the three, three things that are so important is that I call on the high energy. I say who I'm talking to. I say that um, that I'm calling in the highest spirits for whoever, whomever that I'm communicating with. And then also I cast out low energy. Like I literally tell them to leave. I'm never entertaining it. I'm never asking them. I'm like, get out. 
Um, and so then the other thing is that I'm either doing it in my head or I'm doing it in person, but every time, every session I'm doing that. And then I have practices where I do that in my day. The other thing that's coming up for me is that it's so important to know the language of God. And I know this might be a triggering word for some people, but I think it's so powerful and I'm here to really shift that language of around the word God. So <laughs> um, so it's, it's knowing what it is. And, and one thing I love to do because I really am fascinated with all the different ways that people connect with spirit and all the different lineages and, and I love to go to different sessions. Like I'm always booking out like different healers and, and one, I just want to support them too. I learned so much. And, and one thing I learned and the reason why I'm able to do that and not feel drained or low energy is because I know myself, I know what, and I know the language of God. I know how God speaks. I know how love speaks and I won't take anything else from someone. So I know when someone's connected and I know when they're not. And this is really important because you know when you're connected and when you're not connected and when something needs to be like cast out. And when we cast out, it's just telling it to go, leave, get out. Like, no, I'm not going to entertain that thought anymore. And then you stop the cycle. And there's also a thousand modalities that can support you. And I definitely suggest that you reach out and do it, whatever it may be, Reiki, it's hypnosis is great. Um, yoga, like really making an active, um, an active progression to let go of the lower energies. What's not ever working, like drop the struggle. Let's, let's get, let's get back to why we're here. The world needs us now, like now, <laughs> like tomorrow I'll like just be in my crap today. No, like that's low energy. It's not, we don't have time for that. <laughs> um, so one second, when you say we don't have time for that, is that, the, do you mean like don't sit with your negative feelings or just get it, get them out? Or what would you say? What, what about that? So there's two ways to cast out energy. The first way is to lead it towards the light. And that is sitting with it and, um, allowing the energy to feel it right which is like holding a container which is not a word that was given to us by influencers it was actually a word created by shamans <laughs> because it's literally holding a container for that energy and it's so important for this work to be present anyway so you should be holding that container um, regardless right and being radically present with ourselves and feeling once feeling and then you know, moving through that. And that's the way you can bring it to light. And then you can also tell it to leave. So thank you for that clarification. Um, you get to ask, I think the most important thing is to ask for guidance and to pull in something bigger within yourself, like connect with that subconscious, connect with your higher state of being, because a lot of these energies are way stronger than who we are. So it's, it's important to be asked for support, ask for help, Ask for through your community, local healers, helpers, people. There's all kinds of things that can support you on this journey. But it all begins with you asking. And then ask I want to Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and then I want to ask, because at the beginning you said something, and you just also touched on that. At the beginning you said, I don't help people. I just do what I love. 
And then you said, we all think, you know, we're here to save people once we get to know about all these things. So I really want to touch on that, how important it is to do what you love and to not think you have to help everybody or save everybody. So get into that a little bit. Okay. Do you mind if I just finish up what I was saying? So I, I know oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I have a point. I have a point. Okay. The last part I just want to say because I know that there it is it is important. There's a lot of healers and spiritual workers out there that are not in the light doing this work. And and we're there's I saw the study and they they rated like eighty percent frauds in this industry. So it's really important that you do your research, but more importantly, I think the most important thing is for someone that goes to a lot of readers and spiritual people, um, because I'd like to do the studying of it, is that I would say, listen to your guide. It's all about your guidance. And then there's two ways that you can understand if they're really connected to the spirit. And, and, and it's the communication. When God speaks, it's in wholeness. No one's ever telling you, you need to do this, or I'm going to heal you, um, it's, it's always in wholeness. It's in love. It's recharging you. It feels amazing, right? Sometimes it can be triggering, but you still feel that sense of like, it feels, it hits a, a core place. Like it hits the truth, right? And then if someone is not in that place, they will be prescribing you things. They will come from a place of like putting fear in you, telling you that you're not enough, right? Or that you're too much, um, Sometimes they will, it's, 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 it's more bone chilling to me. That's how I experience where I'm like, Oh, like it'll put fear in you. And that's when you know that they're actually not working from a higher power and that to not take that information seriously and to let it go. Okay. The other, the other thing that you were mentioning about how I was saying that it's not me doing this, it's just doing what I love. (laughs) I love it. It's so simple. And then um, about saving people and that we're not here to save people. Is, um, wait, can you repeat the question? Yes. <laughs> okay, At the very beginning, you said, I don't really help people. I just do what I love. And then you also said how important it is or, or you know, how you're not saving people. But at first, when we find out about all the spiritual things, we were like, oh, we have to save everybody and everybody can need this and and has to do this and blah, 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 blah. So um, if you could get into these two things. Okay, so just talk about them. Yeah. Um, It's so simple. But yeah, it's like doing what you love and then letting everything come to you. Um, I have the gift of power. So with the gift of power, I'm a person that can open the veil for myself. I can open the veil for everyone around me. Um, I trigger people really easily. Uh, You know, it's so with that power, if I'm using it to save people, which I have, I'm not perfect. (laughs) <laughs> a few boyfriends you know <laughs> that's let's that's like that's black magic right and um I didn't even understand before I began this work how much in society we're taught black magic like that we need to stick to our family we need to help people like that's just such 
it, it can be really dark doing that because it pulls you down and attaches you to energy that is not yours. Um, and then like, I'm sure a lot of healers or light workers or empaths here on this listening right now may relate to that feeling of the weight of the world, right? Or, or even just like literally doing the work for someone else. I see that with so many partners or they're like doing the work their husband's supposed to be doing. Like, it's like, you can't save him. You can't like, and there are some really bone brittling experiences when we start opening into this experience and we can see in all of the ways that we haven't been aligned with our truth and that also nothing is here is ours. Like nothing's permanent. Everything's changed. And so, yeah, we've created this society where it looks like, you know, oh, you get married and then you live in a white picket fence and it's all beautiful. And that's just not reality. It's not like people have many partners in their lifetimes. Um, and, and you can also be in choice too. You're always in choice. So when we start to see that, or we're confronted with these things, sometimes our freedom, our true freedom, our true love really scares us. And it's up to us to either step into that power and go for it or not. And for me, my gift of power really terrified me. And I had to make that decision. Am I going to do this? Um, several times. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Several times. <laughs> right? It's like you just keep saying yes. It's the discipline. It's the, it's the commitment that keeps coming back. And, and so that's what we get to focus on and be the light be a lighthouse don't be a victim you know and when we're oh my husband this 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 like that's not being in your light that's being in his in his issues when you're a lighthouse it's like people flock to you you're magnetic because they will they see that growth that you are experiencing they see the light that you are and they want to experience it as well Sometimes they don't know that, but they do. I love that. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> okay. And um, right now, is there anything you, anything else you maybe get from spirit right now that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. Let's ask. Hmm. So I'm getting that analogy. Like I'm seeing this small tree that's just like immediately as I close my eyes, I'm seeing this little twig tree. It's like, <laughs> and um, I'm seeing it in the midst of this this huge wild forest. And you know what I'm hearing is to there's a saying. I think someone said this before, but I'm seeing that the tree. is happy being that tree and that there's no need to, to rush in the experiences, to allow things to come to you and to be in celebration of the people that are around you as well, that are, are on this path and journey with you, that, that you can be strong being a little tiny 
tree and that uh, it's okay to be happy for other people. And that's what I'm seeing is to see the wholeness, see the wholeness in the world, see the wholeness in people and move from that place. It's important. It's important to see the wholeness. If we see what's missing with the world, we'll, we'll come in with a broken world. I love that. And okay. take action. Yeah, and take action, of course. Take action from that place and, and, and the place of wholeness. And that's not always light and love. That can be real boundaries or, or speaking our voice in a really radical way or that can be opening ourselves up to new ideas new perspectives that we never knew before. Okay. And what is next for you? What do you have plans? So I've turned my entire business completely online through COVID. (laughs) Um, I've been really booming and I'm so grateful. Everything's been opening for me through this experience. And so I am being called to continue to open up platforms. I have a spiritual development circle that I'm starting on um, in July and I'll be working with that. And then also I have some new spots opening up with a coaching course that I am presenting and you can find all of this on my website at sloantape.com. Okay. And is there another way also to connect with you on um, social media? Yes. You can connect with me on Instagram at awaken with, with Sloan. Okay, great. Put that in the podcast notes, of course, and you guys can find it there. So thank you, Sloan, very, very much for your time and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. I really appreciate you being on here. It was a pleasure having you. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time and collecting all these amazing resources for people. I'm so, 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 so grateful to be here and to to finally meet you, too. (laughs) Um, I'm so grateful for your work. And I just, I really enjoy I really enjoy your post and all that you put out on the planet. And I just, it's so needed right now. So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. As I promised you, you're now getting the chance to listen along to a reading with Sloan. The first interview that I want to present to you is the one with the skeptic. She was a skeptic but she is not anymore. Let me tell you that much because the messages that came through to her were absolutely incredible. And then I'm also seeing that someone that's, he's also stepping in and talking about this pandemic that's going around the country. And it feels like this would be something that like he had himself maybe had lived through at some point. Um, Not this particularly, but like, um, he's just saying the word warfare and, um, wow. definitely something around the wearing a mask and, um, and I can feel you and your concern. And, um, it seems like you have a lot going on around you. Like 
I'm literally like seeing you like come up for air like during your day. Um, so it may be just like kids all over you. I'm definitely just seeing that you're not even hearing your own thoughts. Like there's a lot going on and there's a lot to take care of. You've, you've got a lot of responsibility. You have um, no idea. <laughs> you, you actually, you have an idea. Yeah. That's not uh, wrong. And, <clears throat> um, but there has been some like concern of like, okay, like what is this? And like, also like being a mother, like, and, and being leading them in the right direction, like with this new shift in the world, like how is that going to work? Um, yeah. It's like, there's just, you're feeling that unknown and especially around school. I keep going back to school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. I'm such a skeptic. This, this is so funny. I just got off the phone with the school because my son, has autism and he's in a real home school right now and we don't know if he's going to learn best and so i'm deciding whether i'm going to put him back in public school and right before you called i was on the phone with the school district trying to figure out what to do with my son oh wow i have literal chills <laughs> that's exactly what your father's coming to and saying um oh this is funny yeah <clears throat> um, <laughs> i love how the skeptics Oh my God. Like there is a squirrel on my roof and I wish, I don't know if you can hear, but it's like literally, it can't be a squirrel. It's gotta be like a raccoon, but it's pouncing on the ceiling right now. And I've never <laughs> had this. Like it just started in this session. Um, that is so funny. <laughs> okay. So like the animals all round up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So yeah, I feel that there is, um, it's interesting because I'm just feeling there's certain teachers that you know that like is in, your son is the one that you're, we're talking about, right? You said a son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling with him is that like there's certain teachers and people that he already trusts and like loves and that like you mm-hmm. know that and you want to keep him like in that environment that he knows. Um. Uh, However, like change is inevitable, right? And um, yeah, and he feels like he's a little bit older. Like he's not um, super young. Um, you, you. It feels like you're really well equipped. Like you've been doing this for a while. Um, and I'm also feeling like you, you give help and support to other mothers. Um, <laughs> and um because you're very knowledgeable and like you you've like done your research and i just feel like you're like a stacked book of like tools <laughs> like you really know um you really know um which is so important does that make sense to you oh yeah yeah i i have a whole team of experts that i work with um and I research pretty much everything. And I'm a huge advocate for children and children who have been sex abused and children who are being abused. So that's a big part of my life is advocating for my children and helping other women advocate for their children as well and their education, especially when they have special needs, special needs children. That's a big thing. It's like you're, and I felt that when I was, thing I think I even use the word is like leader like around your children 
leader, like around children, you're a leader. Um, and you're like a prankster. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. like you literally like prank your kids. <laughs> and oh, um, I, oh my gosh, all the time, constantly. So um, it's a whole family thing. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like it's like, um, it's like the best thing ever. Like you have this amazing, innocent, bright light energy about you that is so pure and full of love and light that is like, it's so needed to be like shared with the world, like <laughs> in these like hard times and things like that. It's just like great. And I also feel that there's like a group of girlfriends that you hang out with um, that like really have your back. And there's one in particular where you can really pick up the phone and you guys can laugh and have like an amazing conversation. And I feel like you're like laughing at your kids. <laughs> um, but these are things, these are important people and they want to acknowledge these people in your, in their life. Um, yeah. You are a caretaker as well. And I feel like there's somebody <laughs> there like showing that you like literally take care of someone. I don't know if they're. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot. <laughs> is, that, is that linking up? Um, I work in a, I am a CNA in a palliative care unit. I take care of people who are dying in the hospital. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing her take care of someone that's died. Because like all of a sudden, like I'm seeing this like man, and that's interesting because I feel like that woman that I'm seeing, and I like feel like you worked with her. Um, oh my god! I know who you're talking about now. Okay. <laughs> like she's that's so funny. She's yeah. a pain in my ass, and I love her. Well, she's definitely dramatic because she's coming in in a full gown with a kimono over it, like flowing in the wind, like beautiful. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know who you're talking about for real, for real. That's <laughs> crazy. Her name's Keiko. She's Japanese. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that is nuts. Her whole house is like filled with like all the things that a Japanese person's house would be filled with. I that's that's not I only care gift for her for a few months that we really connected and she made an impact in my life and that's that's great. Yeah, she feels like she's really wise. Um Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like she has stories and it's just like even in her house she has all these pictures that I'm feeling that are like so interesting it's like where did you get that <laughs> um, oh like, no yeah no from like these crazy auctions and stuff like stuff okay. you couldn't find anywhere like one of a kind interest like just crazy just yeah you're not wrong that's crazy that's just that's just so weird i'm just uh, so weirded out I mean, in a good way like not in a bad way but i just <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's making me like be like wow okay <clears throat> Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just feel like they're thanking you and, um, they're also saying thank you for being here on this call because they really want you to believe. <laughs> it's like, they want you to just know that 
that even though someone dies, that there's still, their energy still exists. And they're saying like Newton's law, Newton's law, Newton's law. And they're like, <laughs> um, that, that this is really, um, that this is real and that they're here to support you and that there's so many angels protecting you on the other side and that you can always call in for support um, whenever you need it, that you deserve it and that you have, you know, you've helped, you've really, it's like even your, your caretaking job, it's like you don't, like I said, you don't have do anything like you really have given people and I feel like there's even some people here that didn't have families yeah. uh, and that you were really the last person and I just feel you rubbing their hand like you're giving a <laughs> hand massage um you know it's like and I'm hearing blood circulation like you move their bodies um because, um, well, really this man that's sitting here, he's talking about like actually being in physical pain and not being able to express that he's in pain, but you like intuitively know and are able to move the body. Um, yeah. or, or it's like, it's all, I'm also seeing water get, like being given. And it's just like, you like make them feel like a human being. Well, um, when their bodies are gone. And um, I actually also feel that you stand up for them when you feel that there is someone also on the caretaking shifts that are not doing their job. Oh, uh, yeah. I just had a meeting with my supervisors <laughs> because I was like not impressed with a lot of the unprofessional. I said, I will not work with coworkers that speak in front of patients if they are not there. The patient is always in the room. I don't care what condition they are in. Um, this is just making me so emotional because I just started this job in February when the pandemic hit. And um, I see people die every day. And um, I didn't know if I was like meant to do this or not because it's I know I can't. I know I'm strong. I know if anybody can do this, it's me. And I, I, I know that I'm called to do it. I just didn't have any like real confirmation. And there's days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again. I don't, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I, I don't even know if I'm making like much of an impact. And you know, every day I go and work and ask God to send me into the right room for the right person. But every day, sure enough, I, I get sent to the right person that needs me, and I'm able to give them the best care that I know how to give. And um, trying to maintain my own sanity and go home and be with my children and husband and wife outside of working 12-hour shifts in a hospital filled with grieving and dead bodies and still having to have and have fun with my coworkers and learning how it is normal for me and I was just worried that, that maybe I just fed off more than I could chew. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely oh, it's nice to, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely called to do it. And 
what I'm hearing about the, the reporting, the people that are not talking, it's really important because it's like, I don't know if you believe in lifetimes, but, um, and there's a lot of people that don't, but it's just like, you're really natural in this. Like you understand the, the sacredness of being like a death doula basically. Um, yeah. And, it's and that it's really important. It's a very sacred space. And what I'm hearing is it's a portal. It's a portal. So yes. um, anything that happens. I'm walking in the energy of death every day and the people who yeah. are coming to bring the people out of death. Yeah. And I mean, I, be- I believe in the spiritual realm. I believe in God. I just, I have a harder time believing that other people can, you know, see and hear things. Um, even though I myself do, I know that sounds very contradicting. Um, <clears throat> but there are a lot of, there's just a lot of people out there that are complete frauds and, um, and that's unfortunate. And I think that that can really hurt people when people are, you know, baiting or scamming or whatever. But, um, I have never really had like, a you know, a reading or anything like that for, um, because it didn't really, I just, I, I never present itself. I never really, you know, had a reason to, I guess. And I, I didn't think anybody would really come through. So um, <laughs> just hearing like there's all these people, I mean, yeah. that makes tons of sense because I work with people that die every day. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I want to hear from somebody, but I don't know if they're going to come through, but that's okay. Like, I feel like I, I at least know that the people that I cared for know that I did it and that they know that I cared and that at least it made a difference. I don't care if it's the last minute of their life. They deserve to be humanized every second of their life to the last breath. Now, this was the interview with the skeptic. Let's now hear what Sloan was able to channel for a believer. So I first, the first person that I have here, or spirit that is here, is a man. Would you understand that your father has, is, do you have a father that's passed? Yes. Okay. So I am feeling a father here. And, um... I'm also feeling that he's definitely walking me through some kind of like family home that would be significant. Um, Do you know that family home that he's talking about? Mm, No. Okay. So um, it just seems like there is, um, it's interesting. And sometimes they'll spirit will like point out things because that's what's significant. But I'm seeing that there are, um, it's almost like he's showing me like family heirlooms throughout this house and he's walking me through and, um, and it's, it's like as if he wants to show you how abundant and special you are and that, um, Although life has not always been um, easy for you, there have been 
some challenges along the way. There seems to be that there are these like family heirlooms and there are these, um, it's, he's showing me like a watch or time which sometimes can be my significance for, you know, there's like, it's like almost like ancestral like healing, but there's a lot that's been passed down from your family to you. Um, and that doesn't always have to be physical things. It can literally just be like emotional traits that maybe you are, um, that some things you love about yourself and then sometimes some things that maybe don't um, resonate with you and that you want to elevate. Um, I also feel with your father that there was some kind of illness that may have taken his life. Would that make sense to you? Like he um, feels like he was maybe sick before he passed. Would that make any sense? Um, yeah, he had been sick for a while. <clears throat> yeah. But I wasn't with him when he passed. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm just showing that he, um, I just want to get that like evidence and confirm because he's just sharing that with me that he's showing him like, and then I'm seeing him in a hospital. Did he pass in a hospital? Um, I think so. Okay. Because I am experiencing some distance between you. And although there's a lot of love there, it just seems like there's also some kind of, I don't know how to say the word, but it definitely feels like there's some kind of like, what is the word that I need to say? Um, he's saying separation. It just separation, miscommunications. Um, and I'm feeling um, a desire for him to just to say, like, I love you anyway. Like, and, and I may be on the other side, but I love you. Um, and so the, um, She's talking to me. Yeah, and she's saying that, like, at first, I feel like she was scared to pass. Um, her death seems quicker than your father's, where I feel that... Um, I feel like your father is showing me that like he thought he was going to die like a lot sooner than he did. Oh, um, I agree with that. <laughs> and he's kind of like, he just was like always, it's just almost like he had this spirit where he was just like, Oh, like today's the day. Like he just had, he had survived like way further than he ever expected to. <laughs> and then um, your mom, I'm feeling this. I don't know. She's just like, I feel her energy is a little bit more of a preparer. Like she's like, I got to get these things done. I have to have all this together. And I feel like she was even thinking like that as she went in, like into the spirit world. <laughs> like she was still struggling to put, take those like thoughts of all the things that needs to be done, like out of her head as she like transited into her spirit body. But I definitely feel that she wants you to know that she feels her body is free of any pain. Mm. Um, 
are struggling and I'm seeing something around like her shoulder feels like the right shoulder, the right side of her body. Um, that she's free of pain and, um, and then she's also showing herself with a lot of children. Like, it's like, that's when we say that your mom's busy on the other side. Like, I feel like she's there helping children that pass. She has a lot of, um, like spiritual babies around her. So it seems like she is a natural healer. Love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.